This podcast is a part of the Podmania Podcasting Network. Check out podmania.co.uk to check out more of our great podcasts, features, reviews, match ratings and previews spanning the crazy and diverse world of professional wrestling. What's up everybody and welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Jonners. This is episode 100, so uh, we, we finally made the 100 mark. Really, really happy to have you listening um, and uh, really, really happy to uh, announce our, our guest host, our co-host for this episode. And uh, we've had him on the podcast a couple of times before, um, coincidentally for our one-year anniversary super show, which we did back in November and uh, at the beginning of this month, or beginning of January, I should say, uh, night one of Wrestle Kingdom. So I want to reintroduce to the podcast Mr. Kurt Johansson from uh, Ringsider Pod from uh, Kurt's Angles podcast. Kurt, good evening. How are you? And thank you for joining us on this momentous episode, sir. Hi, yeah. Thanks for having us again, John. Uh, Like I said, I'm always happy to come on the show and... Yeah, it just so happens, like, the first time I came on, it was your anniversary show, and then it was one of the first ones of the new year, talking about Wrestle Kingdom Night 1, and now we're here for the big 100, so congrats on that, first and foremost. Um, Thank you very much. Hopefully, it's not an underwhelming guest for some of your listeners, I saw (laughs) one person say, who's the big interview, and I was just like, oh, crap, it's just me. But no, how can it be I underwhelming? You're, you're like, the, you're like, as you described on Twitter, you're like the Brock Lesnar of the Wrestling with Jonas podcast. You only come on when it's a, when it's a big occasion, when it's the big show, and when the money's right, Kurt. Now I'll, I'll have to speak to you about the money after the episode, but uh, let's just pretend for now that uh, you're getting the the big bucks uh, at the end of this <laughs> for appearing uh, the Brock Lesnar of the Wrestling with Jonas podcast. Only appear when when the, the money and when the uh, when the occasion is right. But thank you very much. Like I say, you have joined us a few times before, and this is going to be really one episode and um been thinking quite a lot about what to include in this episode what fun things to do and uh we're going to do one or two usual things we're going to be covering this week's nxt which was another awesome episode of nxt can't wait to touch on some of the highlights there with kurt Uh, we're going to be looking at um we're a couple of months out from wrestlemania as well and we're hot off the heels of a very good raw rumble show i thought and uh, i thought it'd be interesting to do a couple of months out from wrestlemania to kind of have a look to see where the card, how the card is shaping up at the moment, how certain players um, are, are kind of lined up, what, what sort of feuds are kind of lined up for them heading into WrestleMania and uh, see kind of potential matchups, uh, how the card might shape up come April the 5th, of course, from Tampa. And, uh, you know, maybe kind of suggest a few opponents for some uh, wrestlers, WWF wrestlers, WWE wrestlers that haven't got obvious feuds or opponents going into the show of shows in April. So we'll have a little look at that. And then we've got some uh, some questions from some of our listeners and uh, Twitter friends and Facebook friends um, to help celebrate our 100th episode. So that'd be fun to answer some of them a little bit later on. So, uh, Kurt, uh, back to yourself, first of all. Um, it's always a pleasure to have you on the podcast, as always. I'm interested to know, 
What what sort of um, wrestling have you kind of caught up with lately? I know that you've been to a couple of NXT UK TV tapings. They're always fun, of course. But uh, what what's exciting you at the moment about the world of pro wrestling? Are there any kind of promotions or any wrestlers uh, that are doing it for you? And what have you seen lately that's really got you excited um, as a pro wrestling fan then, Kurt? Um, in terms of being there live, I think it's a lot a lot more reduced to what I'm used to. Like, I get married in August, so I've had to cut back on traveling around the UK or um, going to, like, America or anything like that. But, yeah, I was at the NXT tapings in Hull before the new year um, and then NXT UK, UK tapings in York, which has some fantastic matches. But the things I'm excited about, away from the typical, like, NXT, AEW, um, Edge's return and more... That may tell what my personality is like is all Japan pro wrestling. I've not really okay. looked too much into it before until I saw like I, I knew who Shuji Ishikawa was and Joe Doring, they're legends of the sport. But when they got to come over to the UK for WrestleGate Pro and I saw them face each other, I was like, Man, this is this is brilliant. And then obviously both of them faced Rampage Brown that night also. And Lucas Steele who's from Hull, I know, he, he debuted in All Japan. Um, I, I think his faction's now called Corpse of God, and he's teaming with um, Shigahiro Iri, who's also coming mm. across the UK. And he's actually flying back out in February to face Ishikawa. Um, he's facing, like, I think it's the... Um, something Giants. Like, I'm new to the, I'm new to the uh, product today but from when i watched their shows for the new year which was around wrestle kingdom time really excited for what they was doing uh impact's doing good stuff i like that they're doing this throwback tna show for um america like when for the wrestlemania sorry yeah so they're doing like a, a tna revisited kind of throwback sort of episode aren't they yeah and like the, the first announcement was aces of eights they've got um, D'Lo Brown and Ken Anderson as part of that then I quoted that tweet uh, and said all all I want from this is the Wildcat Chris Harris to be on the show and then for me I'm salt he quote he like retweeted and was like thank you and then it was announced that the Wildcat Chris Harris will make his return to TNA um, which is amazing. Amazing Red's going to be there as well. Awesome. So it's going to be really good. And then, of course, with Ring of Honor, Marty Skrull, what a difference he's made so far since signing that new contract, becoming head booker. He's bringing in some new talent. Like we've got Session Moth Martina. She's going to be on the show. We've seen people re-signing their contracts. And now New Japan. New Japan are allowing talent to go back out there. Marty's gone to New Japan. He's doing stuff with NWA, which I love. Like, I think Marty could be one of the hubs of bringing all these different companies together. Yeah, it's quite fascinating um, how you know Marty Skrull, he was on the fringes. A lot of people weren't sure where he was going. He kind of appeared by surprise on uh, NWA's pay-per-view. was into the fire um in january i believe uh, and and since then yeah he's been made head booker of ring of honor, ring of honor uh, as well as getting quite a, a lucrative contract as a performer there as well and yeah popping up in new japan um he, he's kind of wow he, he's, he's he's really making a big name for himself um 
doing what he's doing. I've been really impressed with Marty Skull. I know you have as well. Um, but kind of w- what he's doing on the kind of American and international stage with these different promotions, that's quite unheard of, isn't it, really? Certainly, he's kind of a bit of a, a free agent. But then he's, you know, he, he's kind of tying it all into one package, as in himself, the brand of Marty's Girl. I mean, what, what, how can you define what he's doing at the moment then, Kurt? Drew McIntyre, as Drew Galloway, he did something similar, I feel, yeah. when he first left WWE. But, I, yeah, it's unheard of. And I think the last time it was, well, especially in this modern era, it's not been heard of since WWE bought up all these territories. Yeah. And it's as if he's he's using his brand to get a sweet-ass deal with Ring of Honor, but then also appearing in NWA and making them two work together. Appearing in New Japan, and now those two will be working together. And how many more companies are going to work? Like It would be good to see these territory star, whether that includes AEW or not. I think it'd be a fantastic way to incorporate all these fantastic companies to band together a bit like what you see in new in japan at the moment obviously bushi road owners of new japan they're now the owners of stardom and now the company that owns ddt have just purchased noah and are going to be still promoting noah and ddt separately but obviously there's going to be a relationship there so i think it's happening in japan where they've banded together is that because WWE are trying to do an NXT Japan. They tried buying Stardom and Noah, but because they were just wanting to absorb those companies, it, their bids weren't accepted, essentially. Yeah. And I think what Matt is doing, he could be maybe not the centerpiece of it, but I think he could be the biggest influence to ignite all these. Like If AEW really want to use Marty Scurll, then they'll work with Ring of Honor. Just yeah. like what are doing. Yeah, and he's really kind of turned himself into a, a major player, uh, not just for one brand, but multiple brands. And uh, I suppose he's, he's increasing his value if ever he does decide to go on to an AEW or possibly a WWE sometime in the future. But with what he's doing and how he's been able to raise his profile with these, uh, with the variety of promotions that he's doing it with, he's proving once again that you don't need to be part of these big organizations to make good money and to make a superstar out of yourself. Like I say, he's creating this brand that he's taking from promotion to promotion to promotion. So all credit to him, really. I think what he's doing is absolutely amazing, to be honest with you. Um, Kurt, tell us, give us a little bit of an update as far as what you're up to uh, podcasting-wise. I know you've got uh, Kurt's Angle and you're part of the Ringsider crew and various other things that you dabble in um, on the uh, creative side. Um, But uh, give us a bit of an update and give my listeners a bit of an update as far as what you've been up to lately or what the plans are going forward for your your various... um, creative content so i've been quite quiet recently and i sent that message out and then since then i've started reaching out to fellow podcasters and like right pulling my finger out now let's start doing these collaborations not going to lie i got i wouldn't say fatigued but i wasn't happy I'm, i'm a biggest critic and i want to make something that's different it's unique a bit similar to my one more match thing that I've been trying to do where I'll speak to different content creators. The first episode had NXT UK's Travis Banks on it where we just do one more match. You've got to 
essentially say who this person's going to face, where it's going to be, and it's just a little bit of fun. So I've been working on quite a few different things like that, both for Kurt's Angle and for Ringsiders, to hopefully start delivering more video content with Ringsiders. We're changing, we're changing our game completely in that aspect. We are going to bring back our Don't Even Get Me Started, where you did one episode of that on YouTube, which a lot of people really enjoyed because you get to see how animated we are ranting about certain topics. And basically, if you don't know the process of Don't Even Get Me Started, it will be you might use a random generator or pick a name out of the hat and it will give a topic. And you either have to rant what you don't like about it or if you like it, you've got to rant why it's great. And it got, it got heated. Jamie and Callum, they had some words to say regarding Orange Cassidy. So we're hoping to bring back that magic with Don't Even Get Me Started. And, yeah, and I've got to say, just off the back of that, I, I watched that episode and I absolutely loved it. And uh, I think I commented to you guys at the time. It was a fantastic yeah. episode. So more of the same, please. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just that. And I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite a creative person. And it's just, I get so many ideas. It's just trying to put them in place. So I've just been working on finding out some different um content like structure so it could be things of like faction i'm working on something called faction wars i'm working on different scenarios regarding the factions as well for different offshoots and even if we was doing like fantasy draft it's a transfer window here in england for the uh, like football or soccer for the american listeners so something similar like that where we do trade deals have to say why we do that if somebody picks somebody then my mates like the boys can't pick them and so we're just working on different stuff which should be getting released in this month and again i've got some exciting interviewees potentially lined up it's they're on board we're just going through the their press office essentially with companies such as aw and new japan so hopefully that gets finalized soon and we can bring those what will be amazing interviews to the listeners shortly Mm. Speaking of interviews, and we mentioned this the last time you were on uh, during the, the Wrestle Kingdom Night One review, uh, but uh, your first episode of Kurt's Angle was with Thunder Rosa. Now, more recently, Thunder Rosa's had a bit of success on NWA. I think she won the NWA Women's Championship at their Hard Times pay-per-view. So you must have been really, really chuffed to have seen how she's kind of progressed and her success recently on NWA, especially after having interviewed her a couple of months ago, Kurt. Yeah, 100%. I reached out to her and was like, congrats again. Like We spoke about going for that title and going for Sienna, which what we thought may have been um, at the Into the Fire pay-per-view, but didn't happen there. Happened at hard times. It's come eventually. And all credit to her, she's the first Mexican-born woman to win the NWA World Women Championship, which is absolutely incredible. She's one of my favourite professional wrestlers at the moment, regardless of gender. And... I'm not just saying that because I interviewed her. Like when I when she accepted to come on my show, I was like, "Holy shit, this is this mm. is great!" Because I was such a huge fan, and it was great to hear about her story. And hopefully, I can get her thoughts again soon regarding winning the title. And we should have a former NWA World Tag Team Champion coming on Kurt's angle in the next month so by the end of february hopefully we've got these dates aligned and that should be an interesting interview 
Superb, superb. Can't wait to hear them. And I'm sure as soon as we get wind of them on the Wrestling Madonna's podcast, we'll let our listeners um, and social media followers know. But uh, Kurt, let's have a little look at this week's NXT before we speak about uh, potential WrestleMania matches and our listener questions. So this week's NXT was uh, another you know, knockout show, to be honest with you. It's really, really good. The show opens with a reminder of Finn Balor attacking Trent Seven in the parking lot a few days earlier, looking uh, to send a message to Tyler Bate who came to Johnny Gargano's aid after Worlds Collide on Saturday night. And Worlds Collide was a, a fantastic show. Um, in the opening contest on this week's NXT, we saw Finn Balor take on Trent Seven. Uh, this was a really cracking contest between, uh, you know, these two. And, and with Balor dominating throughout pretty much. Um, and after a coup de grace and a 1916 DDT, Balor defeated Trent Seven fairly convincingly, to be honest with you, uh, while sending a clear message to Johnny Gargano ahead of their match in a couple of weeks' time at Takeover Portland. Now, Kurt, Takeover Portland, Portland is sure to be another amazing takeover. There's never been a bad uh, NXT takeover, of course. But to this match between Johnny Gargano and Finn Balor could be an all-time classic. We, we've spoken about great NXT matches um, over the years. Um, you know, and Johnny Gargano has been, been a part of many of those. Now, putting him across the ring from Finn Balor, you know, possibly the number one and the number two best wrestlers on NXT right now, you have to say. Um, kind of, you must be salivating for this one. This is definitely a dream match and uh, a match that we're all going to witness in just two weeks' time. Oh, 100%. And it's the perfect scenario as well. You've got Mr. NXT and Johnny Gagano against somebody that used to be Mr. NXT and Finn Balor. Yeah. Now with his heelish um, persona, shall we say, like the Prince is truly back and... Yeah, they're, you said the two of the best wrestlers in NXT. The two of the best athletes in the world, regardless of company. You put them in a company, they're one of your main guys, no matter no matter where they go. And this is one of the reasons, and, and one of many as well, should I say, that um, this upcoming takeover will be one of the greatest takeovers of all time, in my opinion, for what they've got lined up. Definitely. We're going to talk more about uh, some of the announced matches for TakeOver Portland throughout this episode as we as we cover this week's NXT in particular anyway. But uh, yeah, definitely one to look forward to there. Uh, and then we had a, an in-ring promo from Keith Lee calling himself um, a moment maker, a game changer, and now a prophecy ender um, after he beat Roderick Strong for the North American Championship on last week's NXT. Uh, we saw Damien Priest. He came out to address the Limitless one. Uh, Priest said that uh, he usually gets what he wants and what he wants right now is a North American Championship both men are then joined by Dominic Dijakovic and Dijakovic calls Priest a bootleg Marilyn Manson which I thought was quite funny <laughs> I think that the crowd got a bit of a pop from that one uh, and this leads to a bit of an impromptu match between Damien Priest and Dominic Dijakovic so there were some really big moves uh, between these two plenty of false finishes and that avalanche poison Rana from Priest onto Dijakovic was pretty epic um, but it was Dijakovic who put Priest away uh, with a feast jewel rise. I think he kind of uh, called him with the ring post before hitting the feast jewel rise move, possibly setting up another massive encounter between Dijakovic and Keith Lee for the North American Championship, maybe. Um, and although it's not been announced, it could also be a potential match for TakeOver Portland. I know they've got one or two spaces left uh, on that uh, match card. Um, as always, you know, a really fun match between two big athletes as in uh, uh, Dijakovic and Damien Priest in this one um, and uh, yeah you know 
I'd love to know your thoughts on what went down during this match and uh, potentially another Keith Lee Dijakovic match. They, they've, you know, uh, had some outstanding matches in the past, but this time there could be some silverware or, or a championship belt on the line uh, the next time they face. But uh, give us your thoughts, Kurt. Yeah, it was Keith Lee's. He's a man. Like he's had an incredible couple of weeks, but we've you. It's magic. You know what he and uh, Dajakovic can deliver. They had arguably one of the best series in NXT of 2019, in my opinion, with their matches. And I think their matches together really solidified them as players in NXT. I think before those set of matches, it was just floating around the place. And now look at them. They're, they're over as hell. I think it's a great way to build Damian Priest up as well. Maybe before we get to take over, get another Dijakovic-Priest match, maybe a little bit longer with the number one contendership on the line. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd be all for another singles match, or could it be another? Could it be a triple threat? Like, three absolute titans going at each other. I'm excited, and I think it was only the beginning with Dijakovic and Priest. Mm, I hope so. I hope so. But uh, yeah, a, a really good match. It, it wasn't the longest of matches, but uh, that could possibly just be a taster for something that's uh, just around the corner between those two. And uh, yeah, I'd like to see, you know, it could be uh, Dijakovic versus Keith Lee uh, for the North American Championship. It, it could turn into a three way between Priest, Dijakovic and Keith Lee. That would be another good match uh, that I think would really get a live crowd um, up on their feet. But uh, then we yeah. see... Uh, a bit of a backstage scene. There's uh, three of the members of Undisputed Era laid out on the floor. We see uh, Roderick Strong, uh, Kylie Riley, and Bobby Fish, of course, laid out, supposedly unconscious. Uh, then Tommaso Ciampa comes into the scene uh, with a metal pipe in hand. Adam Cole uh, then comes out to confront Champa, who's in the ring, he comes out to attack. Uh, 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 comes out to confront Champa about the attacks. Uh, this leads to Cold attacking Champa um, on the ring apron with a microphone, seemingly opening up. Uh, Tommaso Champa gets a bit of a cut on his forehead there. Uh, Champa recovers to powerbomb Adam Cole through a table that was set up in the centre of the ring before signing the contract for the championship match at Takeover Portland in his own blood. Um, so that there we have it. Um, we have the attack backstage, William Regal out on uh, kind of the rampway uh, announcing that, uh, you know, it's going to be a contract between these two. But then they end up in a brawl and a powerbomb through the table, signed in blood and the match for TakeOver Portland um, is, is signed um, into Tommaso Ciampa's own blood. So that, that's going to be our NXT World Championship match then, Kurt. So Tommaso Ciampa versus Adam Cole. So another, you know, alongside, I mean, we've already spoken about Finn Balor, Johnny Gargano at TakeOver Portland. This is another match that uh, if you were, if you were going to get another match to top Gargano versus Balor, this has to be it, surely. Oh, yeah, 100%. And it's long-term storybooking, which what NXT do. We've been waiting for this match for so long and it's it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Like, is the prophecy coming to the end? Like, we've seen Roderick Strong lose mm. the lose the championship. O'Reilly and Fish will defend their tag titles against the winners of the Dusty Classic. And then Adam Cole and Champa. like, could this be the end for Undisputed Era as we know it or Undisputed Era in NXT and... One thing I'd like to say about this NXT show as well, like the whole uh, Champa attacking Undisputed Era backstage and Adam Cole actually not giving any fucks, like he's a heel, but he's not mm. 
he's not a cowardly heel. He doesn't he doesn't shy away from a fight. He go, he takes it to Champa, which was really good. And even earlier on with the Dajakovic and Priest match, when they start brawling, that wasn't supposed to be a match. And you always get this where people start brawling and they just pull apart and the fans are like, let them fight, let them fight. NXT, let them fight. And you never see that on any show where the brawling and the referee comes out and just rings the bell. Normally, they take the heat out of it because they'll go for a break. Like, during the break, it's been made that it's going to be a match. Now, this one, they kept at it. And for those two segments alone, I thought, well done, NXT. Yeah, really well booked and uh, exciting TV as well. I was definitely kind of uh, eyes glued to the TV and popping while sat on my sofa. I really, really enjoyed that segment and uh, yeah, really, really good. And yeah, uh, then we got a bit of a grudge match between Tiger Knox and Dakota Kai. So this has been kind of uh, brewing now since TakeOver War Games when Dakota Kai turned on her best friend, slammed her a leg in the, the, the cage outside the ring, of course. Um, but, uh, you know, this this was a good match and uh, Tiger Knox got the win after interference from Candice LeRae on the outside, allowing Knox to drop Dakota Kai with a shot to the face with her knee brace before ending the match with her shiniest of wizards. So it was enjoyable for what we got. So I thought it was OK. But I've got to say, if this was their big feud blow off match uh, to settle their feud that's been brewing for a few months now, I've got to say I'm a little bit disappointed that they didn't have a bit more time or longer uh, to kind of have this uh, this big grudge match but uh, what's your thoughts on this one I mean maybe it's the the start of uh, maybe a series of matches they're going to have maybe this is a bit of a taster maybe they're going to have a, a bigger maybe a stipulation match um, take over Portland potentially but if this was their kind of big feud bluff match Kurt I was a little bit disappointed I've got to say yeah um, I'd agree if that was the case I don't think it was the payoff I think it was just the first collision between the two of them Mm-hmm. And there's so many different variables of where the both showed they wanted to use weapons. You had Candice LeRae come out. You also had Tegan Knox using the uh, brace that Dakota Kai tried hitting her with. Tegan Knox hits her with it, hits her with the shiniest wizard and picks up the win. I think it will lead to something else, whether that's going to be a last woman standing or I think it'd be quite poetic if it was a cage match just yeah. because it all happened inside a small cage when it was supposed to be war games. And I think it'll be... It's it's only starting with these two. And I think with everything else that was on the show, there wasn't room to put it on for too big. And NXT are clever. Like, we said it in the Dijakovic and Priest. It was a short match. We think it was teasing. And I think that's what... That's what they're going to do is we're going to get Tegan Knox to cut a Kai. We're going to get him for a couple more months, I imagine. And I wouldn't surprise if the payoff is round maybe mania season. Very true. I think this storyline, this feud's definitely got the legs and I think it could definitely go a bit longer. And uh, the way they've built up this feud and this rivalry between these two can definitely take us through to WrestleMania weekend, uh, as long as they continue with the storyline and, uh, like I say, uh, make the next match or the next couple of matches feel bigger and more important. And like I say, a cage match would just 
be a fantastic finale to their feud. Um, but uh, fingers crossed. I, I think, yeah, similar to what we said earlier between Damien Priest and Dijakovic, I don't think this is the last we've seen between these two wrestlers either. And I think, yeah, quite exciting things down the line. Um, and then that brought us to our main events. It's defined of the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic for 2020. It's the, the bros awaits uh, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne versus the grizzled young veteran Zach Gibson and James Drake, of course. So this was an excellent tag team match. Uh, both teams went through the ringer on this one. Uh, there were several close near falls and many superb high spots uh, from both teams. Uh, towards the end of this one, Pete Dunne got temporarily taken out um, with a, a doomsday device uh, on the outside from GYV. That was a really excellent spot. I've seen them do that a few times before. Always impressive. Um, however, Dunn somehow recovered to combine with uh, Matt Riddle uh, back in the ring w- with an assisted go-to-sleep um, and uh, a win for the Bros Awaits, not only to win the Dusty Classic for 2020, but to go on to face uh, Undisputed Era in Portland, take over Portland in just two weeks' time as the new number one contenders for the tag team title. So this was a really good uh, match to kind of cap off this week's NXT. Both teams are great. Um, I truly believe that GYV, the Grizzled Young Veterans, are one of the best tag teams in the world today. They combine really well together and um, you know some of their tag team offense and chemistry together is so smooth uh, but looks devastating at the same time uh, but as per previous years uh, a makeshift team went over in this one in this tournament so uh, I mean previous years where there's been a makeshift team put together and going the whole distance we had the very first Dusty Cl- uh, Classic in 2015 you had Samoa Joe and Finn Balor last year 2019 Alistair Black and Ricochet won the whole thing and then again this year Pete Dunne and and Matt Riddle. So give us your thoughts on this. I mean, it was a good match, but does it, you know, concern you a little bit about the depth of the NXT tag team roster that they've done this tournament now for the last four or five years? And the majority of the time they've had like a bit of a makeshift team, uh, two individuals, two singles wrestlers thrown together to not only be in the tournament, to go the whole way as well, Kurt. Um, I mean, the, the tournament was very good. You know, I really enjoyed it, especially the reformation of the time splitters, Kashida and Alex Shelley. That was a, a really good moment and a shame they didn't progress any further than the first round. Uh, but it's the tag division in NXT you know, fairly weak at the moment, and that's why they're having to put these individuals together to make a, 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 a tag team. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, NXT's tag division isn't strong at all. Um, mm-hmm. In my opinion, the best booked tag team division in WWE is NXT UK. Yeah. They put these two together. Mm, I'm all for it, to be honest. I think if it's going to be longer than what Balor and Joe was or what Ricochet and Black was, then I'm all for that. Like, it kind of makes sense. Like, last time Dunn had a makeshift team, he didn't win because of Roderick Strong. Mm. And I think it'd be the perfect way to build this new tag team in Broserweights. And because of what's happening in the main event scene, you've got Johnny Gargano, you've got um, Finn Balor, you've got Champa, you've got um, Adam Cole. Is there room for Matt Riddle or Pete Dunne at the moment? It doesn't seem that way because from this week's booking, it's as if the big bruisers are going for the North American Championship. So I think it's a good way to do something meaningful with them, potentially do something against each other down the line. It's interesting to see where they go, but I am expecting them to win at Portland. 
Mm. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm liking the the combo of uh, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne. I like the interaction they have backstage with uh, Matt Riddle being the kind of the the, the, the chilled kind of happy go lucky kind of you know original bro, and then you got Pete Dunne who's the stern faced, uh, serious. Uh, but uh, I, I do like the chemistry they've got between the two of them. It does make me chuckle. But uh, looking at Portland a bit closer then, we obviously mentioned Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano. That's going to be a classic match. Um, then the championship match that was announced and uh, signed in blood by Tommaso Ciampa. Tommaso Ciampa taking on Adam Cole for Adam Cole's NXT World Championship. Uh, we already know that Bianca Belair is going to be challenging Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's Championship, or the NXT Championship as they're describing it now. Uh, the Bros awaits the new Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic for 2020, as we mentioned, going up against Undisputed Era for the NXT Tag Team Championships. But possibly room for one or two other matches. I mean, I mentioned earlier, you know, we, we might see Keith Lee defend his North American Championship, um, possibly against Priest, possibly against Dijakovic. Um, but uh, a pretty, I mean, you mentioned it at the top of the show, Kurt, a, a, not just a pretty stacked card, but a, a really stacked card. Um, and uh, takeovers very rarely disappoint, if ever. But this card on paper at the moment is looking outstanding. Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's looking incredible at the moment, and I think even Jordan Devlin is a new NXT Cruiserweight Champion. Mm. He's going to be on NXT next week, but could he have that match? Like he could easily steal the show. Could we get Tyler vs Devlin too? We just seen at the recent NXT UK takeover. Yeah. Or could we get Devlin against Gaza in a one-on-one match? Where I'm well, sure that would be outstanding. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Those two would kill it. And I'm excited to see what Devlin does. I think it's a great way to showcase more of what NXT UK do. I think they've done a great presentation of Grizzled Young Veterans during this tournament. Now we've got Devlin, who's the other marquee player in NXT UK, getting a chance to show the American audience what he's capable of, and that is not just a shit Finn Balor. He can arguably go toe-to-toe with Finn Balor, in my opinion. I think he's absolutely incredible. And it'll be interesting to see what matches get added to that card because that card is absolutely brilliant. Mm. And one thing that I've noticed recently, especially with, you know, off the back of uh, TakeOver Blackpool 2 and now Worlds Collide, is you're seeing a lot more, with the Dusty Classic as well, you're seeing a lot more NXT UK talent on the black and gold brand, on NXT. And there seems to be uh, a lot more kind of collaboration between the two brands, which is quite good. And um, I'm hoping that the Worlds Collide show will be a yearly thing, if not maybe twice yearly, because I thought it was a really good show and a a good kind of uh, showcase for both brands, in particular the NXT UK brand, which um, I think out of all of the kind of brands is kind of seen as the, you know, the, (laughs) the ugly stepchild, you know, the... But, but I think people have realised that there's so much talent on there and as much, if not more talent than, you know, the the uh, American counterpart, especially when you look at their champion, Walter and Imperium, GYV, uh, you know, Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster, uh, Jordan Devlin and so many more, Gallus, of course, um, that it really is to be taken seriously. But um, I, I think, as you mentioned, I think we're going to see a lot more NXT UK talent on the black and gold brand, and there could be maybe some more cross-promotional stuff in the future. But uh, would you like to see more of that, Kurt? Yeah, I think with the BT Sports deal with NXT UK going on TV, 
I think it's a great way to for those that don't have the network that would watch NXT on NXT, on BT Sport to see some of these stars and be like, oh, I want to see those more often. And I think we're going to get Tyler Bate, Finn Balor down the road as well, which will be yeah. absolutely incredible. And it's great to see NXT UK is going strength to strength. And yeah, more of this World's Collide was fantastic. And hopefully they'll keep pushing all these different angles of cross-promotion. And yeah, it's, it's only going to be a positive. Mm, definitely, definitely. Well, I think we'll both agree that this week's NXT was absolutely fantastic. But uh, moving on, and we, we spoke about TakeOver Portland, but uh, the TakeOver after that is going to be TakeOver Tampa. And of course, that's going to be over WrestleMania weekend, uh, the day before the night before WrestleMania 36. And uh, what, what I want to do now for the next 10 or 15 minutes to ha- is to have a look at um, hot off the heels of the Royal Rumble. I know we've got Elimination Chamber happening, um, I think, about the 8th or the 9th of March, around that weekend. Uh, and then, of course, the next pay-per-view is uh, WrestleMania. Now, of course, we've got the, the Saudi Arabia show sometime in February. Uh, but I don't think there's going to be any major angles or upsets that's going to happen there. But kind of looking at what we know now, Kurt, looking at some of the, the matches that, you know, that could potentially happen on April the 5th in, in Tampa at WrestleMania 36. I mean, I think we know uh, Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar. That's been formally announced. That was uh, uh, announced on Monday Night Raw following Drew's win at the Rumble. I think he, he announced that he wanted Brock. I think that's perfectly obvious from his actions on Sunday Night anyway. Um, I mean, as, as a UK wrestling fan and kind of a big supporter of, of UK wrestlers, you must be kind of chuffed to bits with what we saw on, on, on Sunday Night. I think a lot of us hoped that Drew McIntyre would do well in the Rumble. But to actually see what he did, eliminating Brock Lesnar, then going all the way, having some fantastic, um, you know, show-stealing moments, uh, eliminating some of the favourites and uh, kind of ousting Roman Reigns as the very last person to, to be there at the very end. A great moment for Drew McIntyre and for all of his supporters over the last few years. Yeah, it was incredible to see Drew get that moment. Like, talk about reinvention. He's... He's an absolute unit. He's absolutely fantastic. And for him to get that, Mm. you could see how much it meant to him at the end of it. And whenever you hear him speak about the moment, you can hear the passion and the emotion in the tone of his voice. And the part with Brock Lesnar, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed him eliminating quite... I thought there was a few wastes, but I think he made a style with Keith Lee. He put over Keith Lee really well, like... Brock gets slated. Brock's one of the best workers. His facials are absolutely brilliant. His expressions sell everything. And with everything he did to then Drew eliminating him, that made Drew. When that happened, everybody wanted Drew to win the Rumble because people were like, yeah, Drew's great. He, He needs to be pushed better, but his booking's not really been there. But for that jubilation of stopping Lesnar eliminating everybody in the manner that he was it set it set drew for the collision course of wrestlemania and for me is winning the title yeah i think well unless uh wwe are going to kind of do what they did at wrestlemania 34 in new orleans when uh, everybody thought that it was roman Reigns' year or at least um an opportunity to get the belt off of brock and it, it didn't happen that way i hope they don't 
uh, you know, try to do the same this, this time around. It's got, I think it's an opportunity to make another big superstar, another big name for the future. And um, you know, we've seen it over the years when, you know, Triple H has put over people like Batista and there's been these these big moments, big WrestleMania moments where a new star has been born at the end of it. And I truly hope that to the last thing we see on April the 5th, WrestleMania 36 is Drew McIntyre holding the WWE Championship. And I think that would be another moment for them to play for years, decades in the future um, of when they created a, a new star. We all know what Drew is capable of doing, but let's say the booking has not always been favourable towards him. Um, and uh, hopefully, if they do the right thing, uh, they're going to create another megastar on April the 5th. But um, what about the Universal Championship then? So it's quite intriguing. I mean, the last couple of pay-per-views, The Fiends had uh, Daniel Bryan as an opponent. Now, I thought their match on Sunday at Royal Rumble was actually quite good. Probably the best of the, the singles matches on the undercard, in my opinion. Um, I, I, I thought, you know, the strap gimmick didn't really play out as well as they might have liked. But I thought the two individuals made it work because of who they are and how good they are. Um, but who do you think is, is the likely opponent for The Fiend? I think a lot of people's obvious answer is Roman Reigns. But uh, have you got any kind of curveballs there? Anybody you'd like to see face The Fiend at WrestleMania? Um, to be honest, I would like to see Roman. But mm. if I was trying to throw a curveball in, I'm just trying to think of who's on the SmackDown roster these days that's in that position other than Miz or Brian. I think the only other person you can go with is Roman Reigns, if not Braun Strowman. Mm, maybe. But where, where does Daniel Bryan fit into all of this thing? Because he, he's been the you know, the, the championship contender for the last two pay-per-views, so for the last couple of months, and he's he's gone back to kind of the yes movement, Daniel Bryan. Um, since he's kind of had his hair cut and he, he, his beard trimmed, he looks 10 years younger. He looks like the, the 2011 Daniel Bryan. Um back when his kind of popularity started to, to started to catch light. But um, now that Daniel Bryan's been on the losing ends, two consecutive pay-per-views to The Fiend, he can't surely be involved in the title picture again come WrestleMania, can he? So, I mean, is there an obvious feud for Daniel Bryan or an obvious match or opponent for Daniel Bryan come WrestleMania? Um, or, or is he just going to be slotted into a lower card match or maybe the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. I mean, when we look at Daniel Bryan's history with WrestleMania, I think he's been in seven or eight manias. and The majority of those have been for a championship. He's been involved in championship matches in nearly all of his WrestleMania opponents' uh, matches. But uh, Daniel Bryan, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, uh, where do you see him come April the 5th then, Kurt? Either in the main event with Fiend and maybe Roman as a triple threat. Yeah. Or maybe something to do with the Intercontinental Championship. Brian and Nakamura, or maybe some sort of ladder match. Oh, now Brian and Nakamura, that's a match I hadn't considered. But so that's a match I didn't know I wanted, but now I want it. <laughs> that, that's good, Kurt. I like your thinking there, definitely. But uh, yeah, interesting one, because he deserves to be in a featured match. He's still one of the most popular and most over wrestlers in the promotion and um uh, like i say now that he's gone back to his, his baby face uh, gimmick it, you know he can do it whether he's a heel or a baby face he turns it on and uh, he 
excels in either gimmick, to be honest with you. But I think, um, yeah, uh, it will be a wasted opportunity if they don't kind of put him in a featured match for sure. But uh, I like the idea of Shinsuke versus uh, Daniel Bryan. That that could be a match uh, uh, definitely for people to tune in. And um, sometimes they give us those sort of matches that you're not always expecting um, out of WrestleMania. But um, yeah, that could be one to look forward to potentially. But um, how about some of the women's championship matches then? So Charlotte obviously won the women's uh, Royal Rumble on Sunday then, Kurt. But um, I don't think she's announced which championship she's going to go for. Now, you've obviously got either Becky Lynch on the Raw brand, you've got Bailey on the SmackDown brand. Now, Charlotte is, you know, currently drafted to the SmackDown roster. There's some rumblings out there on the internet that she could potentially challenge for the NXT championship as well, the women's championship, that is. But uh, uh, give us your thoughts on Charlotte and, you know, who would you like to see her face at Mania? Rhea Ripley. Um, yeah. I think Charlotte deserves to win the Royal Rumble. I think it was a great win for her. And I think to have something different other than the typical... Like, we could we could have Becky versus Shayna for Raw's Women's Championship. We could have maybe a Bailey and Sasha Banks match for the SmackDown. And then a Charlotte and Rhea Ripley for the NXT. And I think that'd be absolutely fantastic. You could have so many different matches. You could have the Shayna and Becky Lynch for the Raw. You can have Bailey, uh, Becky Lynch and Shayna for Raw. You could have Bailey and Sasha for SmackDown. And I would go for Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte for the NXT Women's Championship. I think that's the fresh match, which should be an absolute showcase. And I think it's not something... I think it's something outside the box. And could that be something that happens at TakeOver? Rhea Ripley defends against Bianca Belair. All of a sudden, Charlotte comes out and she's like, right, I want you at WrestleMania. Yeah, that would be really cool. That would be really cool. I mean, I'd like to see Shayna involved. I think that she deserves, uh, you know, a, a WrestleMania match. Now, I mentioned this on our uh, Royal Rumble predictions show that um, even though she main evented and won uh, the Survivor Series match, that triple threat match that main evented uh, Survivor Series last November. I felt that her name value wasn't up there with the casual WWE fans, and I felt they, they need to do more with her. I really enjoyed her, um, you know, her run in the War Rumble, and I really thought for a second there that she was going to kind of overcome and actually defeat Charlotte to kind of really propel her, you know, herself into the more casual audience, you could say, uh, uh, as, a, as a real superstar to be taken seriously on the WWE roster. That didn't quite happen, but I think that, the, you know, the run and the stint she did have in the Royal Rumble really, really helped her name value. And I think she they need to do more of that to kind of get Shayna more recognised with the casual audience so that if she was in a championship match at WrestleMania, then, you know, people will be able to get behind her or understand her character or maybe... Uh, just know a bit more about Shayna Baszler if they're more of a casual fan. Now, if you're not a casual fan, you watch NXT and you know of Shayna's uh, history on the black and gold brand in particular, then uh, I'm sure you'll be rooting for her to have a championship match and, and win at Mania. Um, so uh, that that could be interesting. I'd like to see Shayna versus Becky definitely for uh, for the Raw, Raw Women's Championship. Um, I like your idea of, of Charlotte versus uh, Charlotte versus the current NXT champion Rhea Ripley, of course. 
Um, Bailey, on the other hand, uh, any suggestions for, for Bailey? I mean, a lot of people are suggesting that maybe Sasha Banks could be her opponent, although they're, you know, their cohorts at the moment, they're, uh, you know, they work as, as friends on, on SmackDown. But uh, any thoughts on um, Bailey's opponent? Now, I've got to say before you answer that, I do, I have been quite underwhelmed by Bailey as a heel and as the SmackDown Women's Champion. Um, but um, where do you see kind of that title picture heading into WrestleMania then, Kurt? Honestly, I don't know. I'm really underwhelmed with the whole SmackDown Women's Division at the moment. The best thing about it is Mandy Rose and what she's doing with Otis. I think it's got to be the Sasha Banks match. I think that's the only yeah. way we're going to get it. Um, that's the big one, isn't it? Yeah, of anything other than that, I don't think anybody else has been booked well enough. You might get Naomi, maybe. Like, she returned in the Rumble, but anything... I just find it underwhelming at the moment on the SmackDown side of things. Yeah, no, i got to agree. i got to agree. So they really need to turn up their efforts there to get us tuned in and excited for what they're doing uh, ahead of WrestleMania. But a, a couple more things WrestleMania-related then. So you expect to see Rhea Ripley defending her NXT Championship against Charlotte on the show of shows, April the 5th, WrestleMania. But is there is there room for possibly a, a men's NXT Championship match? Maybe Adam Cole uh, being on the big show um, in Tampa on uh, WrestleMania. Do, would you like to see Adam Cole there? I mean, we, the main roster, we've seen a lot more of NXT recently, not only in the Rumble this past Sunday, but with Survivor Series, of course. Is there room for a, an NXT men's championship match as well? It'd be nice to see, especially if they don't do a takeover before WrestleMania. Um, I don't know who I'd put him against, to be honest. Like we said, mm-hmm. we've got Daniel Bryan there. Um, maybe Velveteen Dream, if he was to return. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who they'd be. Um, it depends who the champion is at the moment as well. Uh, yeah. If we've got Tommaso Ciampa, that'd be massive. You may get Ciampa and Balor at yeah. Mania. I think that'd be a big match. Everybody loves Finn Balor and Champer will absolutely smash it. So I'd like to see it, but I don't know if it'd be a main roster competitor. I'd go for, you'd either have Balor versus Champer, because I do think Champer would be champion by then, or maybe just go fucking balls to the wall, let's steal the show, Gagano versus Champer versus Balor versus Cole. Wow, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. But we all know that WrestleMania is a, a long, long shows. I mean, they usually average about four to five hours. That's the main show, a couple of hours pre-show. You're talking six or seven hours of WrestleMania. Um, and, and that's usually a lot of filler matches. So if they focus on some of the, you know, the, the top tier talent, mainly concentrated on championship matches, they might be able to squeeze in the odd NXT match, maybe a women's championship match or a men's championship match. But uh, that is yet to be seen. Like I say, we're only kind of fantasy booking at the moment based on the fact that they have been elevating NXT a lot more since they've been live on the USA Network and uh, seen it as more the, the third brand, more on a, on, a, on a level with the Raws and the SmackDown. So 
it would only make sense to have NXT as a more prominent, uh, have a more prominent role, maybe have uh, one or two prominent matches or featured matches on the main card for WrestleMania as well. But they will be having a, a takeover the night before TakeOver Tampa. So after Portland, we'll probably have a, a reasonable idea of how TakeOver Tampa's looking. Um, or we might have a fair idea of whether NXT could be um, it could play a part on WrestleMania as well. But uh, we're always certainly going to get to Edge uh, versus Randy Orton yes, in WrestleMania. We... I think that one that was looking a dead cert, certainly from what happened on Monday. Uh, that would be a, a good match between two veterans, two very experienced pros um, that know each other very well. Great to see Edge. Uh, I mean, the, 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 that was kind of the moment of the whole night, really. Edge's entrance and coming out on the spears and the crowd kind of marking out big time. I know I did from the comfort of my own living room. But um, Edge returning after having been retired for what, nine years. Uh, it was WrestleMania in 2011 when he kind of wrestled his last match, retired the night after. But um, possibly an Edge around the autumn match. Would that do anything for you? That's the match that I'm looking forward to more than anything. I think it'll be incredible. Edge showed he still he still got it, and he knows he still got it. Yeah, Randy Orton's such a safe worker, and they've got such good chemistry. I think it's the perfect match just to ease Edge back into things. It'll be it'll be incredible. It's a match that I'm really looking forward to, and I'm so happy for Edge. Obviously, the breaking of his neck 17 years ago, and then having to retire nine years ago because. It just wasn't good. Triple neck fusion. He's worked his ass off. Yeah. And now he's back. And what a moment. I think I've watched that returning video (laughs) about... Every time I see it on my timeline, I'll watch it. Because it's just... fills me with so much joy, the fact that he's managed to do it. Like, wrestling, it's not often that it'll pull emotions from me, but... Edge retirement was one where I was upset and him returning, I was just overwhelmed and it's great to see. Yeah, and I'd say much the same going back a few years is when uh, Daniel Bryan uh, announced that he was returning after being uh, retired for for two and a half years, but uh, a really great moment on Sunday night when Edge made his his return at the War Rumble and uh, he was there till the final four as well. So um, he, he, he really, really came back. Uh, with a bang but um, one more name I'm going to throw out there now he's been hot on everybody's lips we've already spoken about him today uh, as part of the NXT review we had a an amazing 2019 in particular that kind of face off that showdown with Roman Reigns in that Survivor Series match and then another a really good kind of encounter uh, with Brock Lesnar but of course I'm talking about Keith Lee um, now he, he's got to be one of the most exciting talents on weekly NXT TV at the moment, Kurt. Yeah. Um, and he's really making a big name for himself on the main roster as well with these cameo appearances, like I said, at the Survivor Series and then again at the War Rumble. I think they know what they have when it comes to Keith Lee. And I think that the management and, you know, definitely Triple H, but certainly Vince McMahon, I think he likes what he sees in Keith Lee. He's, he's very charismatic. He's got a good look. He's a big guy, powerful, got some great moves for a big guy as we all know but uh, could he potentially be a player at this year's Wrestlemania um, wh- where do you see him fitting in if at all in April if he's on the show I see him winning the Andre the Giant Battle Royal mm-hmm. I was thinking the same yeah and that would be a good kind of moment for him and uh, could really elevate him a lot more but uh, yeah I think he's definitely the, the next you know big man that they're going to kind of invest in and, and uh, put all their uh, their stock in 
Um, but uh, yeah, that's exactly where I see Keithley uh, being come April the 5th. Um, so uh, we shall see. But it's quite interesting and quite intriguing, um, you know, talking about WrestleMania a couple of months out and uh, where the pieces might fall and how the puzzle might come together and where certain wrestlers, uh, what what feuds or storylines or matches they might be involved in um, kind of when it gets closer to April. Of course, we're talking about it uh, two months out. We'll obviously be talking a lot more about WrestleMania as we get closer to April. We get closer to WrestleMania weekend uh, and we might revisit this on a kind of a, a post-WrestleMania episode to see kind of whether any of our predictions or thoughts uh, came true. But uh, quite interesting. It's definitely going to be a fascinating show. But there's it's obviously going to be lots to watch around WrestleMania weekend, whether it be NXT or WWE-led products and a lot of uh, indie shows happening um, around the Tampa area. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, lots to get excited about for WrestleMania weekend. Um, but... Uh, We've spoken about NXT, we've spoken a little bit about WrestleMania off the back of Royal Rumble, of course, Kurt. We've got some some questions to answer from the, the, the Twitterverse, from our friends on Twitter and from our friends on Facebook and uh, listeners and people that wanted to kind of uh, help celebrate the Wrestling with John's 100th episode. So let's get stuck into one or two of them then. So uh, our friends over at uh, Aussie Lucian, I know you've pos- you've done a podcast with them in the past, and I know I've got one lined up with uh, with Aussie Lucian in the next few weeks. But uh, um, one of Aussie Lucian's questions that he sent via Twitter was, if you could create a gimmick match that's never been done before, Kurt, what would it be? So what sort of concept of a gimmick match would, would kind of, you know, get you, you Dusty Rhodes thinking cap on here? Because he was good, always good at coming up with kind of novelty matches like this. Of course, he invented the War Games match and the War Games concept. But uh, any kind of gimmick matches that you think could work that we haven't seen before? Oh, that's that's a difficult one. Um what were you thinking? What one one concept that I thought? Is it, it might be more suited to maybe the twenty four seven championship. But do you remember the uh, the Saturday afternoon game show Wipeout, where yeah. you would have these c- c- contestants on these obstacles and things would kind of fly around, and you'd have to jump over them, and there'd be water obstacles. But they could possibly have you know, defend the twenty four seven championship on a on a contraption like that, maybe. Or, <laughs> don't know. But uh, you'd, you'd have to think of something that would have to be outdoors for something like that. That could be quite interesting. But I could see uh, you know potential injuries happening, or uh, but it, it could be <laughs> quite fun. But uh, uh, any any kind of novel concepts that uh, could could potentially become a, a wrestling gimmick match in the future. I think it's. I think it's difficult. Like you could try and think of one where it's a bit like the you know three stages of hell, where every fall is going to be different. Mm-hmm. But you could potentially have it where, say, you've got I don't know ten people or something like that in a battle royal. The only way to be eliminated is pinfall. When you get down to the first four eliminations and there's only six people left, then you can change up the um, the rules or something like that. Maybe the next one has to be submission. And then maybe when you got to the final four, there's like, I don't know, a ladder match. You can get an opportunity if you win the title or win a certain opportunity, something like that. Maybe something yeah. along those lines where instead of like, three different scenarios for the same people. It's a different elimination process where 
when so many people get eliminated, the next match starts. And then when mm-hmm. they get eliminated, another match starts. And then there's that final match where it could be either one, uh, two people, or it could be, say, the final four in like a ladder match or something along those lines. Yeah. One of the more novel gimmick matches that I've seen or heard of recently, I haven't actually clapped eyes on it yet, but uh, I know Progress did at, um, I think it was chapter 100 or 101, they did a reverse battle royal where you had to get your your you had to get your uh, your opponents in the ring in order to eliminate them. Um, but uh, uh, that that was quite interesting. But uh, not not my idea, not my brainchild that one. But it's an interesting one with a bit more thinking time. That was from TNA. Oh, was it really? So uh, yeah. ah, okay. So, I wasn't aware of that. That's quite interesting. Yeah, it'd been like a gimmick where it fell flat on its ass in TNA. So then. <laughs> a lot of the Progress fans saying, let's have a reverse battle royal, let's have a reverse battle royal, and then they finally did it. Mm, yeah. I mean, and then, of course, in NXT UK, they had the, the British rounds thing, didn't they, which is quite yeah. a, not not necessarily a new concept because, of course, it was a take on uh, typical you know, the world of sports, um, Saturday afternoon TV where it'd be, you know, the, the, the best of three falls and, uh, you know, a, a certain time limit per, per fall. But uh, I, I don't think that worked uh, tremendously on NXT UK, which is why they only did it the once or twice. But um, yes, so I, I think the WWE are, are looking at how to mix things up and possibly, uh, you know, give us a novel uh, gimmick matches. And I'm sure it's happening on the independent circuit. But um, yes, the best I could come up with is some sort of 24-7 wipeout concept. But, uh, you yeah, you never know. Um, so let's have a quick look then. Um, we have some questions from Everything Pro Wrestling Podcast. Um, so w- what is your favourite wrestling or non-wrestling video game? So I've got to be honest, I'm not a big player of video games, to be honest with you. It's been many years since I've had any sort of uh, console or uh, um, I did used to like playing the football games. I did used to like playing the, like the football manager games or the wrestling games. But it has been a good while since I've uh, had a console or played any video games. I know my my, my family do, my kids do. But uh, are you a are you a video game fan? Do you play video games? And uh, could you answer this question from Everything Pro Wrestling? Yeah, so I'm quite I'm quite the gamer. I enjoy it. Um, if I was sticking to like consoles, I think for a wrestling game would be I'd go back to maybe Here Comes the Pain I think that was one of my favourite WWE games and a non-wrestling video game would probably be either the Resident Evil franchises 2 or 3 or maybe Last of Us but again I play on computers as well so Football Manager and I think my favourite wrestling game of all time is Total Extreme Wrestling I use that on the computer quite a lot to book my own shows and get my own grades. I was doing something when with Brainbuster where I was asking everybody, hit right, here's a match, you've got to book it. And then they'd and I was doing the G one where everybody had random matches, so we never knew who was going to get to the final of the G one because everybody was having their own agenda of who they'd choose to win a match. So I was doing that through Total Extreme Wrestling as well, where you can book WWE, sign talents and things like that. Cool, cool. And uh, yeah, sorry, I wasn't able to provide much of an answer there um, as far as video games are concerned. But uh, there we go. Uh, what is the next movie you want to see? So another question from Everything Pro Wrestling. What's the next movie you want to see, whether it be on the small screen or the big screen? Um, for myself, um, I'm quite interested. I want to see the the kind of, 
DC Batman Joker spin-off, uh, Birds of Prey, which focuses on Harley <laughs> Quinn starring uh, Margot Robbie. So that looks quite fun. And that's actually received some quite good press as well. So, uh, yeah, I think um, maybe the next time me and the wife goes on a date night, that could be our uh, our movie of choice after the meal. But uh, what about yourself, Kurt? It's the same. Um, my fiance messaged me saying, hey, come and go see this. So when that's out in cinema, we'll be going to see Birds of Prey. Definitely. Yeah, that looks a lot of fun. Looks a lot of fun. Um, and final question from uh, Everything Pro Wrestling. Who is a future AEW champion on their rest- roster as of today? So I think this is quite an interesting one. So um, AEW champion, I'm, I'm assuming he's referring to world champion. Of course, they've only got the one singles championship uh, currently on AEW. So obviously you've got to imagine that Chris Jericho is going to lose his, uh, his championship at some point in the future. Uh, for myself, I, I like the look of... Um, I'm a big fan of Luchasaurus. Um, maybe not this year, but certainly, um, you know, within the next year, year and a half, I can see Luchasaurus being elevated to absolute megastar uh, status. He's got a fantastic look. He's got a great, great presence. Um, he's got the size. I love his tattoos. I love his gimmick. Um, and I think he's a decent worker in the ring as well. So I think, you know, whether it's from a merchandising standpoint, uh, I know the guy can can talk as well. He's, he's good on the microphone. He's good in interviews. Um, but I think he could um, be a good champion for the promotion. Um, of course, you've got the obvious answers, possibly John Moxley, Kenny Omega. But uh, from left field, I'm probably going to go for Luchasaurus. But uh, how about you, future AEW champion, Kurt? <laughs> going left field. Funny you should say Luchasaurus. I'm going with Jungle Boy. Yeah. And I think... <laughs> It's why it's important that JR is calling him Jungle Boy Jack Perry because mm. it gives more of a star persona to his name rather than just Jungle Boy. And I, yeah, within two, if not within, yeah, three, if not two years, Jack Perry, AW World Champion. There we go. So that's two out of three of um of uh, Jurassic Express as world champion. You don't fancy Marco Stunt as a future world champion then, Kurt? <laughs> <laughs> never say never, but... <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but uh, some, some interesting answers there. Uh, and then we've got a question from uh, Foul Original. So big fans of uh, Foul Original. We've had Foul on the podcast before. It's got a great uh, podcast and YouTube channel in particular. Um, but um, Foul asks, uh, what are both of yours thoughts on the, the new wrestling TV contract on British TV? So I think he's referring to um, obviously WWE content going over to BT Sports from Sky Sports. Um, and then you've got Channel 5, of course, over the last couple of weeks. They've come out to say they're going to be showing um, a one hour highlights package of Raw and a one hour highlights package of smackdown on a weekly basis as well but um have you got any thoughts on this uh, in particular kurt uh, especially with regards to the, the bt sports uh, deal and now channel five coming coming on board i think channel five is amazing i think they realized there was a massive portion of wwe fans that don't have bt sport maybe not be able to afford bt sport because of the current sky package or whatever uh, the reasons may be i think BT Sports, fantastic home for them, especially if they want to do live events for NXT UK, um, because BT Sports, they do live football, they do live sports across the board. So who knows, NXT UK being on um, BT Sports is 
absolutely amazing. I think they get shown about three times a week, if not more. And what happens when they want to do live events? Instead of having to bring their production team all the way from America every time, hey, guess who can do live sports? BT Sports. I think that would be a route they'd go down, and I think it's an absolutely incredible deal in terms of growing their UK brand. Yeah, and I think um, we brought the point up a couple of weeks ago on, on this podcast, um, and uh, the question, very similar question came up when I was uh, with uh, Rob from the Bob Culture podcast. And from my point of view, I think it's really good to have these highlights packages on Channel 5. And I know that NXT UK is going to be on the Paramount channel for for one hour, although quite late at night. You can, of course, record it and and watch it back at a more reasonable time. But I think it's really good to bring in the casual viewer or maybe the lapsed fan, the fans that maybe couldn't afford Sky or BT Sports, but also more important for the families as well. And I think getting the families around the TV for you to watch Raw for one hour on the Saturday or Smackdown on the Sunday for one hour, whenever they're going to be airing. um, I think when I was growing up as a youngster, these one hour highlight shows were kind of what brought me in and and maybe a big fan of the support. So I I think that certainly for the younger audience and for the families, I think these one hour um, highlight shows on channel five are going to be absolutely fantastic and it could create, you know, future wrestling fans. And you never know, you know, potentially these youngsters wanted to be professional wrestlers in the future. Uh, But I think it's a a massive bonus, a a massive um, thumbs up from me. Definitely. Uh, Let's have a look. So we've got Michael Jolly on uh, Twitter. Now he asks. uh, I like the bottom question. uh, What from Michael? Yeah, I like that. Um, Yep. So we'll we'll get to that one. I I quite like his top one, though. So what match? Uh, got you both into wrestling. So was there a particular batch um, that you can remember that, that really, you know, pricked up your ears and your your eyes kind of standing out on stalks thinking, yeah, what's this wrestling lark all about? And your one match that you kind of really remember uh, with fond memories, uh, Kurt, what about yourself? For my first match that would have got me into wrestling is a difficult one. Um... I used to like watch Raw and things like that, and I used to watch a lot of old tapes of WrestleManias as well. So I was always like starstruck with Hulk Hogan. And growing up, I was I had videos of Hogan and Andre and Warrior and things like that. But the match that made me fall in love with wrestling, I'd have to go with. Mm, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of what it'd be. My starting point, it has to be the Rock and Austin saga. Like, watching stuff in the Attitude Era as a kid, I just loved the Rock. I loved Austin. And they were the two that captivated myself. And they're the two where I can truly remember, yeah, that's that's when I knew this is something that I'm going to stick with, like, for the rest of my life. Mm, yeah, I mean, for me, and I think I've gone on record before to say that uh, the Royal Rumble 92 was one of my first uh standout memories as a wrestling fan that really got me hooked and i uh, really loved the whole show and, and the 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 main event rubble match where rick flair went over in the end to win the wwf championship um but uh, i mean I, I think i probably saw before that maybe a vhs tape of wrestlemania 6 
Um, now, I, I only got into wrestling from about late 91. So this would have been uh, a friend's house, possibly had a, a VHS recording from, from Sky Sports from the year before. And I think that main event between Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania 6 was the match that really kind of maybe, yeah, fall in love with the sport and maybe think, yeah, what was this wrestling all about? I need to see more. I need more. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, if not the Royal Rumble 92, definitely uh, Hogan versus Warrior from WrestleMania 6. Um, let's have a look. So we go to the bottom question of Michael Jolly's uh, set of questions. Um, are you like me? Uh, Michael asks, uh, amazed at how Chris Jericho reinvents himself to stay relevant. Um, I, 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 I've gone on record uh, before saying that this current incarnation of Chris Jericho, I think is the best Chris Jericho we've ever had. Now, you've obviously had the, 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 the Y2, Y2J Jericho, uh, you've had, you know, the list, uh, Jericho, the champion of the current incarnation. But um, I think life at the moment, I think he's, he's um, not his best wrestler version of Chris Jericho. But I think the gimmick and the package is uh, everything that I want from a Chris Jericho at the moment. But uh, I'm not amazed at how Chris Jericho reinvents himself because I think, he, you know, he showed the ability to reinvent himself kind of early on really and uh you know even when he was in wcw he was trying things and you could see that he was kind of trying to yeah almost find himself and reinvent himself almost on a weekly basis on wcw tv and then of course we've seen uh the various kind of incarnations of jericho through his wwe career um and uh yeah, I mean, he's probably got about uh, a dozen gimmicks that he could fall back on if he wanted to. But um, I'm not surprised. I think he, he's a very, very intelligent wrestler. He's, he's, you know, he is a wrestler's wrestler, really. And I think just like Madonna in the pop world, or you could say, you know, what The Undertaker's done for his career. I think Jericho is definitely up there as an icon um, and uh, of, of pop culture and wrestling culture as well. Um, and I think he deserves all the success. And I, I absolutely love what he's doing at the moment as the champion, uh, the AEW world champion. But uh, do you want to kind of add your two penneth worth there to Michael's question? I think you've covered most of it, to be honest. I think Jericho needs to go down as one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. I think he doesn't get the credit. Like what he's doing now with AEW, the Rock and Rager wrestling stuff, I think it's, I think it's fantastic. And for me, he's probably, like what you said, I, I love his character right now. And it's the key point of a Wednesday night for me and for many others. Like, his, none of his segments have drawn less than what NXT has done, which is incredible. And I think that says a lot to Jericho. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got a question here from one of our uh, Facebook community group members, Kieran Reed, a regular uh, contributor on the podcast as well. And Kieran asks, uh, uh, I think it's, it's directly to me, but uh, what's been my, my favourite episode to record of the Wrestling with Jonas podcast? But uh, he, he he puts here, not including interviews, obviously guessing that I'd go to one of my interviews that I've done. But uh, I've really enjoyed uh, rest, uh, recording the, the Double or Nothing episode that I did, the Double or Nothing review episode in May that I did with uh, Chris Thornton and Ash Crawford. Um, and that was the first time that I recorded with kind of in like a 
three-man booth, you could say, with two other guests. Uh, that was really uh, a lot of fun off the back of a really great show. That was um, AEW's first proper pay-per-view, Double or Nothing. Um, I really enjoyed uh, recording the, the Wrestle Kingdom shows as well uh, with, with yourself, Kurt. We, we covered night one and with Grizz. Um, another kind of Facebook friend and a regular contributor on the podcast uh, night two although I did butcher quite a few of the Japanese names but uh, you did kind of uh, jump in and help me out on occasions where I was struggling with some of the Japanese names but I don't think that's ever going to change <laughs> to be honest with you um, one episode that does stand out however was was quite a recent one and uh, I recorded um, just a couple of episodes as a matter of fact with with Chris uh, half decent the rapper and Heather where we covered their adventures on the Jericho cruise uh, the, the Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea Part Deux, and that was a really fun episode. So I've probably given you kind of um, an expanded answer there, Kieran, but um, yeah, quite, quite a few favourite episodes. Um, but yeah, really enjoyed the recent one we did where we covered the, the Jericho Cruise and the Wrestle Kingdom episodes, of course, one of those being with with, uh, with Kurt and the Double or Nothing episodes. So there's a few there. To be honest with you, every new episode that I do then becomes my, my new favourite, to be honest with you. So I'm sure episode 100 will be <laughs> my, uh, my next uh, new favourite. But uh, yeah, just having a lot of fun doing the podcast. Um, Bob, uh, sorry, Rob from the Bob Culture podcast, he asks, uh, first of all, he says, congrats, man, which is really nice of him. We had um, Rob on the podcast uh, for uh, episode... Uh, 97 whatever uh, the episode was when he was on that was a really good episode and he asks uh, what's uh, or who is my dream interview um I, I i was thinking about this when i first got to rob's question and i've probably got a, a two-part question to be honest with you the first has to be and, and unfortunately he's no longer with us but if he was i would love to have spoken to and had this person on the podcast uh, vader or big van vader um he's uh early run in, in Japan, in particular his battles with Stan Hansen were kind of legendary. Um, I've really, really enjoyed his kind of, his breathtaking championship reigns as WCW world champion back in the early nineties, his, his brutal matches with Cactus Jack. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'd like to hear kind of his honest thoughts and opinions on how he believed he was treated during his WWF run back in the mid 90s. Um, if I was to kind of interview somebody living, um, honestly, I'd, I'd really like to interview Ric Flair. He's always been one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, and, um, you know, going back to when he survived that plane crash back in uh, 1975, his legendary runs as NWA world champion throughout the 80s as the real world champion, where he would travel from territory to territory defending the NWA world championship. Him, His epic series of matches with Ricky Steamboat in 89 and then his initial run in the WWF uh, from 91 through to 93, um, you know, and having one of the best first years um, in the company ever, uh, you know, when he when he joined the company, WWF in 91 through to the end of 92, like I say he came on the scene, he was feuding with Hogan, he won the Royal Rumble, won the WWF Championship, defended it at WrestleMania against Randy Savage. Um, so, you know, that kind of period alone really sets him aside as, as having one of the best first year runs of anybody that's coming to the WWF. But um, yeah, I, if I could sit down with, with Vader or Ric Flair, uh, that would be a dream come true for me. Um, I know we've obviously spoken about uh, Kurt's angles and, and Ringsider, um, but um, any dream interviews that you'd like to kind of, you know, sit down with and any any bucket list interviews that you'd like to tick off, Kurt? Um, obviously, The Rock for mm -hmm. me. Yeah. Um, growing up, I absolutely idolised him. Um, 
I think if I was to think of the UK one, one that I'm hoping to get sorted soon, which is one that I've really wanted to do, is one with Roy Knight. And yeah, there's so much that he can he can put out there, and I'd say Sting. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, that would be pretty awesome. Really down to earth as well. I, I kind of met him at WrestleCon a couple of years ago and uh, just a really nice guy. Uh, not sure if he's going to be at uh, this year's uh, For the Love of Wrestling, which is in Liverpool, and I'll be at that. You, you go into that event in April for love, for the Love of Wrestling, Kurt, or uh, any thoughts of going? Um, probably not this year, just because I know how much money I'll spend. And Yeah, like so of course, you're getting married in August. Yeah. So unfortunately not. There's so much good wrestling where I'm like, right, I think I can justify doing one show. Like, so I've been, I was looking at for love of wrestling. I was looking at uh, Super Strong Style 16 and the upcoming Dream Tag Team Invitational with Fight Club. So I've just got to decide which one I'm going to try and sort out. Cool, cool. And I think it was around the time of Super Strong Style 16 last year, which is where I kind of first came across you and kind of reached out to you. And uh, uh, that's when we started chatting uh, through Twitter. But um, so another question. First of all, we've got a question from Dits. Uh, Dits, obviously, from Dits on Wrestling um, and uh, say an excellent podcaster and a regular contribution on Twitter. But uh, Ashley Clements also asks a very similar question. So I'll, I'll ask Dit's question, but it's very similar to what Ashley was asking as well. Uh, my favourite moment or proudest moment uh, from the podcast from the previous 99 episodes of Wrestling With Jonas. Um, I've got to say some of my favourite moments. Um, uh, recorded the, the Ask Jonas Q&A specials. We did one, I think think on the 50th episode and then we did one with Kurt for the first year anniversary in November so they were good fun so the, the Q&A um, uh, John has asked John has uh, always good fun and obviously we're doing uh, another kind of Q&A um, section here which is good fun also um, doing the podcast recently with Matt Bayliss a, a close longtime friend of mine and a, a, one of the earlier kind of contributors on the podcast we, we did um, a takeover Blackpool 2 review from our hotel room hot off the heels of sitting in there in the Empress Ballroom and that was a really fun show just kind of talking for 45 minutes on what we'd just seen uh, completely off the cuff reactions on what had just happened inside the Empress Ballroom, but that was really fun to record that with Matt. Um, some of my favourite moments, uh, uh, you know, I've I've mentioned about the interviews, although Kieran didn't want me to mention about the interviews earlier, but I've really enjoyed doing the interviews, especially the ones I did with with Jimmy Corderas, former WWF referee, and Gary Capetta, former WCW and WWF ring announcer. Of course, those two guys, uh, you know, were there. Um, when wrestling was at its peak in the 80s and the 90s and all the great stories that they were able to tell in their time with me on the podcast. Some of my proudest moments, certainly collaborating with so many talented content creators like Kurt, of course, with Dits, uh, Rob from the Bob Culture, the Queen of Any, shout out to Queen, uh, Mags, of course, Josh Robinson, Grizz, uh, Foul Original, another John Scott, John Scott from uh, WrestleLine Podcast, Matt Bayliss, of course, and so many other excellent uh, guest host co-host that i've had on the podcast i think i'm up to around 30 uh guest hosts and contrib- contributors that i've had on the podcast um other than myself of course 
Um, another proud moment was being approached by Turnbuckle TV to partner with them to do interviews, um, you know, interviewing some of the brightest uh, UK indie wrestling talents on the scene at the moment, like the likes of CJ Carter, Big F in Joe. That was a really fun interview. And I've got an interview coming up in a couple of weeks with Chantal Jordan. That'll be good fun. Um, and now I'm doing interviews in partnership with Coastal Championship Wrestling in Florida and IWE UK Wrestling in Essex. So uh, really proud to have been approached by these organisations and individuals to um, partner up with them and to do interviews. So, yeah, I mean, what can I say? Just having a, a whale of a time, having an absolute blast doing the Wrestling Majonis podcast. And we're up to 100 episodes um, and uh, hopefully there'll be many more, many, many more to come. But um, Kurt, um, I want to thank you so much for being my guest host, my co-host on this special 100th episode of the Wrestling with Jonas podcast. Uh, thank you so much, my friend, for helping us out with this episode. And uh, once again, hopefully we'll kind of get you back on the podcast very soon. But before we say uh, goodbye and, uh, you know, say uh, that's the end of this episode, just going to throw out to you to uh, give our listeners any social media plugs, anything you want to kind of plug on the episode. Um, uh, where can they find you on, on uh, the Internet and on social media, buddy? So you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Kurt Johansson 93 You can find my podcast at Kurt's Angle, which is going to be coming up a lot more stuff in the future. So, yeah, again, um, Kurt's, Angle's, uh, Kurt's Angle pod for that one. And head over to at Ringsiders pod for myself, Jamie and Callum. We're going to be doing a lot of good, exciting stuff, a lot of interviews coming up shortly. And... Yeah, hopefully you'll hear me again soon on Wrestling with Jonas. You definitely will. And, and I believe you've got a, a website, is it ringsiders.co.uk, where they can kind of find everything all in one nice, neat, tidy package, uh, ringsiders.co.uk. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, we've been having a few issues with one of our hosts um, recently, which was quite frustrating. So we've been quite relaxed on getting some of the content out there, but that's all sorted now. And yeah, we should be picking up steam again with our articles and that'll be uh, retrospects where I might be discussing topics or different collaborators and different content creators. And yeah, make sure you check out ringsiders.co.uk. Cool. And I think um, speaking of the next time we're going to have Kurt on, I think we've already got you penciled in to be our uh, guest host or co-host for NXT TakeOver Tampa. So WrestleMania weekend, I think we've got you down to cover the TakeOver show for that weekend. But uh, we're looking forward to having you back on the uh, the podcast many times in the future. And likewise, hopefully uh, we can do a lot more collaboration work uh, on, on Ringsiders or, or Kurt Angles, Kurt's Angles somewhere down the line. But uh, thank you again, buddy, for helping us out with this very special 100th episode. And uh, we can't wait to catch up with you again soon. Uh, but... Um, that is the end of this uh, special episode of Wrestling with Jonas. So please keep it tuned to the Wrestling with Jonas podcast for all of your weekly NXT, AEW updates, regular WWE and AEW pay-per-view reviews and so much more, including exclusive interviews like the ones that I mentioned earlier. Tell your friends and tell your family and don't forget to subscribe to the Wrestling with Jonas podcast so you don't miss out on a single episode. Uh, once again, thanks to Kurt for coming on the Wrestling with Jonas podcast. Um, happy to have a great weekend and we'll catch up with you all again very soon. 